0: Hi there and welcome. This episode of The Crow's Nest, we are honoring those who served. My name is Randy Scott and I'm a licensed mental health counselor at UW Bothell. This week is Veterans Day and UW Bothell is so lucky to have over 200 student veterans on our campus each year. These students bring a host of valuable experiences and insights to our campus. They make classroom conversations richer because of their perspectives and unique backgrounds. This week, I'm joined by a couple of them. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: My name is Maria Oliverovskaya. Uh, I served in the Army. I was a computer detection systems repairer, and I am a senior, and I'm majoring in biology.
2: Uh, my name is Drew Forster. I was in the US Army. Uh, I was a military police
0: officer, and I'm currently uh, studying environmental studies. So as we're getting started, obviously we're talking about um, veterans this week. And I think a lot of people, when I say uh, military veteran, you know, they instantly get an idea in their head of what that looks like, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the things that we want to talk about a little bit here is that image that you have is probably wrong, <laughs> right? And it's actually a lot more diverse than I think sometimes people people think. And, you know, you know Maria, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about um, the diverse the diversity of the veteran population. What do you think it's important for people who've maybe not, not served in the military, or maybe not had any family in the service to know about the diversity?
1: Well, uh, I just don't think that they see us as maybe you know uh, parents or first-generation mm-hmm. students, we're LGBTQIA students, we're transgender students, we're disabled students. Uh, the diversity of student veterans here at Uda Bothell is incredible. Um, and I, I just don't think that's very well known.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting about that is the the way the different identities intersect, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you're not just a veteran student. Yes. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Drew, I'm going to come to you. How do you navigate that when you've got multiple identities and somebody saying, oh, you're a veteran, go to the veteran Center, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, oh, but you're all these other things too.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean... To go back to what Maria was saying, uh, just real quick, I would say that uh, most vets don't wear their status as a veteran on their sleeves. Um, In fact, I would say more often than not, if a veteran needs help or is struggling through something, that might be the last thing on their mind that they'll bring up to someone is that they did serve and that maybe they did experience some things or they're just struggling with the transition from veteran to civilian life, but they don't know how to exactly articulate it. Um, because everyone who exits the military, in my experience, has a different experience. Mm -hmm. You know, there are these programs, like in the Army, we have uh, ACAP, which is the uh, transition program. It's probably under a different acronym now, but that program is supposed to take six months. Your commander is supposed to give you six months to transition, um, basically not have any work that you have normally day-to-day, and you're just supposed to focus on what you need to do to get from the military to that civilian life. And when I got out because of the demands of my unit, I got a week. I had seven days to go through ACAP. I'm supposed to get six months. So that of course hindered me, and I'm sure that there's others that have had worse or better experiences. But um, I think that what the government does when we're trying to get out um, as far as like, set up these programs that are mandatory, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Sometimes those vets just need someone to tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, I don't know what your experience was getting out, but you know, I'm here to help you. And, um, I want to support you basically. Um, that's yeah, that's how I would answer that question. I guess everybody has a different experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Maria, I'm going to come back to you also that transition from the service into civilian life. What was that like for you?
1: That was rough. Um, Hmm. you know, we have had to overcome a lot. We're also currently working through a lot. Um, it's so you're coming from a really structured life mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to figuring out everything on your own. You're figuring out how to pay your rent. You're figuring out how to access that your GI bill. Um, yeah, that was, it was rough. Well, I think,
0: you know, what I, a lot of people want a lot of people want to help. Right, and and I've heard this a lot that that transition can be difficult and it can be hard, right? Especially going from that huge structure that's put around you. Oh yeah, right to something that says, okay, now figure it all out. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think people can
0: can do specifically here at UW Bothell? What can people do to make that transition easier?
1: I I do think I can uh, speak on that, and I do think that it's a lot of. So the Student Veterans Association and their work studies, they are there to help veterans. Um, but it's also the community here, the higher-ups. Um, Rose is doing a really great job. Mm. Um, I do think that... Rose is
0: the director over uh, of the Veterans Center. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and so uh, I do think that um, it has to do with, you know, professors being a little bit lenient, maybe uh, giving a little bit uh, extra time on assignments um, um, and that... I think that the community aspect and getting a little bit more help for like upper higher ups is really important.
0: Yeah, it's time is definitely something, especially with all of those other, Good to go back to how we started, right? All the different identities, if you're a parent and a veteran mm-hmm. and first gen, right? I mean, there's so many things that you're juggling at that time, right? Um, so it's it's asking, I think it sounds like the professors to really look at the big picture Look at the holistic person not just the status that they have
1: yes Mm
0: -hmm. what else would you add to that drew about um support that would be helpful during that transition time well i would say that um
2: every i think every vet just like every person that is going through something has different needs yeah like with myself my biggest need was accountability right Um, like Maria was saying maybe more time on assignments with me, I was the opposite. I need someone, I needed someone, I needed that structure that I had gotten so used to while I was in, I needed someone to be like, Hey, you're here for a purpose. You need to hold yourself accountable. You need to do these things. You need to get them done. Um, but also doing, doing what you're here to do at school, getting your degree, looking for a good job. You don't need to push aside all those things that you need to still deal with, um, internally. So I would say that vets just need to have a place to talk, um, someone to talk to, and they don't necessarily know how to do it. Um, So just being open to them and having that dialogue. And also, you know, um, don't judge them. You know, um, I would say vets have, a lot of vets have experienced some pretty awful situations. They've had to do some pretty intense things, you know, for our country and for their job. And the only way to communicate that is <clears throat> maybe not in the most, you know, um, appropriate way or, um, I don't know, publicly correct way. You know, some of the stuff that they that they went through, you know, there's not really a filter for it. It's yeah. just it's war. Yeah. It's war or with myself um, being a military police officer. Um, it's it's it's, you know, it's the worst of society. It's the worst of the worst. You're dealing with them every day. So um, just just be open to them and be receptive. And if you pick up that someone could be a veteran, you know, don't be afraid to kind of prod at that and ask them about their service, you know, um, about what they went through and um, just, just be an open,
0: have an open dialogue is all I would say. So that, that leads me into talking about mental health, right? Which is obviously something that I'm passionate about here and that we're all passionate about at the Counseling Center. And I think, and you, and you speak to this, my perception is that, conversations around mental health are happening more in the military than they ever have before, but we still have a long way to go.
1: Yes, yes, I would agree with that. And I know that um, there is a big stigma to mental health, especially in the military. Um, you are looked down on if you seek care. Um, and I know that kind of behavior continues on to higher education. And so that is also part of why transitioning um, is so hard. And I, I do agree um, with Drew Um, because a lot of us do struggle through traumas and experiences that we don't speak about. Um, And personally, I I didn't even know that there was a counseling center here Mm -hmm. at UW Bothell. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a gray area of care, I would say, um, especially as a newly transitioned veteran. Um, You don't want to deal with the VA. Um, You're not really sure who to talk to. Um, and there has been veterans that have come into the VRC, the Veterans Resource Center, in crisis. And we haven't really been able to, uh, you know, properly address them or talk to them um, in ways that we felt were appropriate. We, we didn't also feel, pro- you know, right to just send them off somewhere else. We, right. You know, um, and I also agree on Drew's part um, to speak on community, you know, uh, through covid I did have like a rough time. I had a struggle with all these online classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that a really big change for my mental health was having this community here at UW Bothell. Um, and I know last year we really, really struggled to keep the SVA alive um, and shout out to Rose and Anthony because they did a really great job and um, the work that they put in to keep that alive. Um, but um, we also struggled to bring people together. That's super, super important. Um, and we really need that community support. Um, human beings are social creatures. Um, and I mm-hmm. do feel like it's a little bit easier to talk to someone and relate to them in your experiences, especially for a lot of these combat veterans, you know? Um, so yeah. yeah
0: the theme that I'm picking up from both of you is the importance of uh, community and relationships right, which is something that is, is, I think, hard for everybody to access when they come to college, Um, but especially if you're coming with a completely different uh, life experience than a lot of folks who are maybe coming in as traditional undergrads Mm -hmm. have had. Obviously there's the Veterans Center, but um, how else else do you find community on this campus? That's a good question.
2: I mean, I'm still struggling to find that myself. Mm-hmm. I have found it the most with with the veterans here, mm-hmm. but I can think back to even my time in uh, community college uh, down in San Diego. Um, there was a lot of times as a vet that I felt I felt kind of isolated.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I felt like you know when I first entered college, I was like 26. Now I'm 29. Mm-hmm. You know, all these kids are I call them kids. They're they're over 18, but to me they're kids. They're they're me when I joined the military. I don't know about Maria, but they're 18, 19, 20 years old, not a lot of life experience. They haven't had a lot of jobs. It's hard to relate to them and you're around them all the time. You're around them every day. Um, yeah, I just remember feeling really isolated, but I was always able to find, you know, that, that person in class that was a little bit older mm-hmm. or that maybe I just meshed with a little bit. Um, and the vets, I think just kind of stick out to me. Maybe it's just cause I know mm-hmm. what to look for, mm-hmm. um, not not saying that there is a, a picture of a vet necessarily to like characterize them, but um, I kind of was able to do that. But yeah, that, that feeling of isolation, I remember that very well. Um, I, I don't know what the solution to that is, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we are a very small percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have, to expect there to be a, a place for us to mesh in with everybody, I guess that's kind of hard to to expect, but also, you know, that's what we depend on, like Maria was saying, was that um, community connection. I mean, while we're in um, our all of our units, our companies, our battalions, our brigades, um, they're, they're, they're just these giant communities of dozens, right. you know, uh, of people that all work together every day that have a, a single purpose. And when you get out, you kind of, um, you lose that. You don't, uh, you don't have that every day anymore. Um, and I think that, that that's a big challenge uh, for a lot of vets is is finding that sense of purpose, that sense of community, because that structure is now gone from their life. Yeah. And they're all of a sudden in charge of their life, whereas before everything was decided for them, what they wear, where they go, what they do, who they talk to, how they talk to them, when they, when they eat, what they eat. Um, yeah, it's it's a crazy transition. Yeah, definitely. You
1: know? I, I know that Drew can probably relate to this, but I know that when I – first got out I wanted nothing to do with other veterans <laughs> um, but now um, I'm representing the veterans and we're advocating for them, me and Drew and Sarah and our, um, the Student Veterans Association.
0: Maria let me ask you a little bit more about that because I, I, that, you're not the first person I've heard that from when the, sometimes when people get out of the service the last thing they want to do is hang out with veterans what was it for you? What was, what was keeping you from that?
1: Um, they, um, during my time in service, they, you know, complained a lot. Um, they don't want to do the work. Um, they, that's really what it was. It was the complaining yeah. and then, um, not wanting to put in the effort and the time to do your job so that we can go home. Um, and I think that's what it did it for me. Yeah.
2: yeah. True. <laughs> um, yeah i didn't I don't think I avoided other vets I think I was drawn to them mm-hmm. honestly um yeah it's it's just that camaraderie that shared experience yeah. you know and i I missed it mm-hmm. i did I did miss that a lot um but that's interesting what you were saying yeah you know i could I could see that
1: i know that um when I was in community college there wasn't a veterans resource center or mm-hmm. there wasn't a group um and uh it's a lot different here mm-hmm and they're incredibly supportive here. Um, Yeah, it's very different.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things you you both mentioned, you were talking about, you know, sometimes folks will show up um, to like the Veterans Resource Center or you'll just encounter them day-to-day life where it seems like they're they're needing some more support. Maybe they're in crisis. Maybe they're just feeling isolated and lonely. Um, Now, I'm guessing the way y'all would talk to another veteran is gonna be different than maybe somebody else would talk to a veteran about that. I'm saying maybe, maybe not. Drew, do you wanna address that? Uh,
2: I think the most important thing when you're talking to a vet about um, a substance abuse problem or a mental health issue or just any kind of struggle that they might be going through, it doesn't have to be one of those things, Mm -hmm. um, is is trust, really. they have to trust you. I mean, some of my buddies that I've gone through stuff with that I've helped through things, things that I've gone through. Um, it's all about being able to trust the person you're talking to trusting that they're not going to judge you for what you're going through what you're saying necessarily, that they're just they're just there to receive it, take it in, and then ho- hopefully help you move forward. Yeah. Um, so maybe talking to someone in in crisis, You know to build that trust if they're in crisis you know it's time is of the essence right you don't you don't want that vet to go home and commit suicide or do something crazy Um, so to build that trust really quick maybe just share some personal experience you have maybe it wasn't you yourself maybe you have a you know a grandparent that was a veteran that maybe told you some crazy things Um, maybe you've talked to other veterans before or just tell them you know, um, I really appreciate what you did, and you know the the sacrifices that you made. And I'm here to just just help you. And I want you to know that in this time, I'm your friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's a tough question to answer.
0: Right, right. Maria, how about you?
1: Right, and I, I would agree, Drew. I wouldn't talk to uh, a veteran in crisis any differently from a non-veteran. And I do think that uh, that trust is crucial. Um, having that grace and compassion. Um, to anyone who's going through something incredibly difficult um, should look the same. Um, and so no, I, w- I would not um, address or talk to someone any differently. Mm-hmm. What kind
0: of services or supports do you think that we could do better here at UW Bothell?
1: That is actually a question I had for you, Randy. Okay, great. That's funny. Um, so yes, in what ways do you think that Utah Bothell can better serve the veteran community?
0: Yeah. So, I, you know, we, we do see veterans here in the, in the counseling center, just like we see any other population on this campus. Um, and I think that one of the things that I run into a lot is what you all have already talked about, the stigma sometimes still. That lingers. It's like this this smell still around. Talking about mental health sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think this is one of those collaborative conversations I would like to have. Is how can we destigmatize that? How can folks like me get in front of students who are veterans and say, "Hey, I'm not scary, <laughs> right?" And it's just a place sometimes to come in and dump, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that sometimes people have, just like when, the way I started about, um, you, you think about veterans, and sometimes people have an instant idea of what that is, right? I think sometimes people think the same thing about counseling, right? They think that you're going to come into a counseling office, you're going to lay down on a couch, and I'm going to shrink you, right? <laughs> and that's not that's not what we do, yeah. right? It's it's about a little bit like what you were talking about earlier. It's a safe, confidential place to talk about things that you can't share with other people, Right. Or maybe you're not ready to share with other people, right? I, I know, I mean, I tell, that when I talk to students and I'm invited into classrooms, like into B cores and stuff like that, first thing I always lead with is, hi, my name's Randy, I'm a counselor and I have a counselor, right? <laughs> Just because that I'm a mental health professional doesn't mean I don't need somebody to do to talk to, right? And, and I think that is the thing I want to get across to everybody, is mm-hmm. everybody needs somebody. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, So I don't know. I I think this is a great conversation. And I'm I'm curious, how receptive do you think like the Veterans Resource Center would be to like the counseling center coming in and saying, hey, this is who we are?
1: So this is actually um, something that's been brought up. And that is something that we want to happen. We would like a mental health counselor to come in every once in a while, just talk about mental health, open up the floor to, you know, questions or um, have a little chat.
0: Yeah. I think that's great, and you know, and the other great thing about um, there's counseling, right? Which is the confidential stuff. You know, it's like it is your protected space, not going to be shared with anything else. The other thing that we do offer here is consultation, right? Mm. Sometimes it's like a train the trainer kind of thing, right? So if you, you were two student leaders, we would come in and we would talk to you about. This is how you work with a student in crisis, whether it's a veteran or not, like you said earlier, right? Crisis is crisis is crisis. And um, that is something that, and I share this with not just the Veterans Resource Center, but everybody listening to this, is this is something we offer to all student leaders that I don't think enough people know about, is that, um, yes, we are a resource. We're not the only resource. Sometimes you are the front line, right, when it deals with this stuff. I think that that training sounds great. I think that would be great to have
2: kind of a a guideline of, of how, how the school or how your counseling center thinks that we should handle these things. Yeah. It's good to have that because otherwise you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, you
0: know? Well, and the other thing, and I, Drew, I think you were the one who mentioned this earlier, um, but you know, the VA can be challenging. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know that you all know that. I mean, it's, it can be really hard to access services through that. And um, so being able to help, I think sometimes people navigate Access to services is something we do also, right? Um, because sometimes people want family therapy. Well, mm-hmm. we don't do family therapy here, but we can help you find family therapy, right? Or maybe couples counseling. You know, we're not doing that right now at the counseling center here, but it's something that maybe we could help you access, right? Yeah. And so I think um, again, it's demystifying what we do here in the counseling center, which is part of the reason we're doing this podcast, honestly, right? Is because we want people to know that hey. We're here for a lot of reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I want to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff that you all have going on at the Veterans Resource Center, because I do. We, we talked a little bit before we came on the air about Friendsgiving. What is that?
1: Yes. So we are hosting a Friendsgiving at the North Creek uh, Events Center um, this coming Friday, the 18th. We're inviting all the veterans, their family, and their friends um, we're giving away a lot of gifts and prizes. It's really to bring the community in. Um, that's what we're trying to do. Drew?
2: Um, yeah, I think it, uh, it's just going to be a great opportunity to, for people to maybe meet veterans. Um, also give them an opportunity to for vets to have a sense of community. Maybe they don't have family up here in Washington no. or they're not from here. But like myself, I'm not from here, but I got drawn back up here after I served you know, mm-hmm. um, and other than my close group of friends that I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, Thanksgiving is just going to be with them. So, you know, this could be an opportunity for someone to have kind of a normal Thanksgiving. You know yes. what I mean?
1: Yeah. We um, we are trying to um, bridge the gap between the veterans here in Cascadia as well. Oh, yeah. So we're wanting them to bring their friends and their families as well.
0: Um. You know, it's, I, I'm having a... a, a a memory of a conversation I had with some folks from the, um, international students center. And when I asked, you know, what can we do to uh, support international students? The response I got was treat them like students. (laughs) Right. And, and I'm having a little bit of that same feeling here from this conversation. Yes. Veterans have special, you know, needs, uh, from a, um, you know an accessing resources standpoint mm-hmm. especially when they first come here because you've got veterans benefits often that you're using to go to school and stuff like that
1: and at the same time your students
0: mm-hmm. is that is that my am I, am I reading that right
1: you are yes yeah. i would say so
0: to, to speak
2: on that um, I, w- I would agree but also um i think it would be important to go back to your question as well about what the university can do more mm-hmm. um Maybe professors and uh, the faculty can just kind of get out in front of it whenever someone enters their classroom, you know, on day one of the quarter. You know, because um, I don't think some, some bets might be comfortable with it, but, you know, saying like, hey, what do you identify as and all, all these things, um, but or, you know, kind of calling it out and saying, hey, also, if you're a veteran, you know, maybe raise your hand so the whole class knows. I don't know if that's a good idea. It could be will probably be better is, um, kind of include that on canvas when the, when the class first starts, you know, Hey, if you're a veteran, let me know, let the professor know, you know, just so I can understand that where you're coming from a little bit, that probably would, would help with things. Um, especially if the student starts to struggle, maybe that'll give the professor a heads up, you know, maybe this isn't just a, a student that's slacking off. Maybe there's something going on, you know, and when, when the professor checks in, they can kind of, you know, have an idea. Okay, this this person's a vet. Maybe it's time to reset. Reach out to Rosa and let them know. Yeah. Hey, this this uh, this, this student. You know, is also a vet, and they're not doing well in my class. And um, I I talked to, you know, the registration office, and I checked in on some of their other classes, and they're not doing great there either. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's time to, to talk to them, a little bit, and see what's going on it's hard for for people I think in general but also for vets to admit that they need help whether it's just with with schoolwork or whether it's with something that's going on so I think that could help maybe do it for them at least get the process started as if you know ahead of time or right at the beginning of a course this person's a vet keep an eye out for something going on there you know what I mean
0: what else haven't we covered that you think would be important for folks to know about either things going on at the, the Veterans Resource Center or just simply to support students who are veterans.
1: There are a lot of veterans that don't know about the Veterans Resource Center. That's true, yeah. So I know that this was kind of an opportunity to bring that up so that they know, and also the Counseling Center as well. And mm-hmm. um, There's um, a lot of support um, that the Veterans Resource Center does, and uh, as well as the SVA, um, and you can participate in the SVA regardless of whether you are a member or not. And we are incredibly welcoming and supportive. And there's a lot of um, information and resources to share as well.
0: How does someone get involved with the SVA? What's the What's the process?
1: I just emailed Rosa.
0: Email Rosa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We'll put a link to uh, Rosa's email uh, in the description of this episode okay. also so people can find Rosa. But it's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of hoops. No. Huh? It's a pretty small gig anyway. So we're just looking for
2: people to come participate, I think. Yes. Create that community. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're really excited about this year. Um, we are not just Friendsgiving, but there's more to come. Um, we're going to really try to draw the community in. Um, be incredibly supportive.
0: Um, Thank you both for spending some time talking to me about this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you both for your service.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being supportive. Happy early Veterans Day.
0: Oh yeah, happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. Thank you to Maria and Drew for joining me this week. And don't forget the SVA Friendsgiving event is happening on Friday, November 18th from 3.30 to 6.30 at the North Creek Event Center. More information is available in the description of this week's podcast. If you're a veteran student here at UW Bothell, we want you to know two things. Number one, we appreciate you and are grateful for your sacrifices and are so glad that you chose us to be a part of your journey. Number two, speaking on behalf of my colleagues at the Counseling Center, we want you to know that we're here for you now. So if you want to talk or are looking for support, we're here. My name is Randy Scott, and until next time, you got this.
2: The Crow's Nest Podcast represents the opinions of the host and the guests on the show. The content and views do not necessarily represent the views of the University of Washington. The content on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Because every person is unique, make sure you consult with a professional about your specific questions and individual health care needs. If you need immediate mental health support, call 988. Visit 988lifeline.org or access care anytime using the My SSP app.